0: It has the potential to nourish our creativity as well as our bodies. And one day, healthcare professionals will be able to write personalized prescriptions for food based on our genetic makeup, just as they've started to do with medications. I chatted with food futurist Dr. Erwin Adam ahead of his appearance at Idea City 2017. You're here to tell us about... The future of food, as the commercial goes, is the future friendly?
1: The future is friendly, but I think that's super dependent on what we do to make it. We are at an incredible time right now in our history where we are transforming every aspect of our society, and food is no doubt one of those pieces, Um And we're seeing huge transformations in our understanding of what is food, um, how we produce food, how we transform food, and how we experience food. And we're beginning to realize more and more the responsibilities each of us has as individuals in the way that evolves. You would be so shocked, though, that the choices you make in the grocery store and the choices you make about what you actually put in your mouth, how that affects the entire ecosystem of what food is today. You know, we, we have a system that currently uses a lot of large-scale production in order to create food. But by making choices that are erring on the side of more sustainability, or erring on the side of, you know, more conscious eating, we are actually shifting that supply chain to start being something that works a little bit more cohesively with the way, you know, the environment works, the way that our society would look to improve itself as well.
0: G- give me some concrete Yeah, examples. sure. So
1: there are some stretch goals out there in food today. So I think one of the big areas is around what is food. And let's jump in a specific one that probably everyone can relate to, which is steak, right? Most people, if they're not vegetarian... They have a penchant for steak. People like steak. Um, it's a staple in a lot of homes. But we don't necessarily think about what the impact of eating a steak is on the world around us. Right? So we know that it takes about 15,000 kilograms of water to produce one kilogram of steak. So this isn't necessarily the most sustainable way of producing a food product that we need.
0: There are problems with eating beef. We've had talks about growing meat in a lab. That's not meat from a cow. Right. So
1: we know that about 70% of our arable land is also used in order to feed cows. So using this as a specific example, people have started saying, okay, how do we shift our protein requirements, the ways we feed ourselves with protein and build our muscles and our, our bodies away from beef as a source or even meats as a source? And that started to open up all these diverse businesses and technologies around new proteins. So, example you just brought up is a perfect one is, okay, well, what happens if we move production from the farm into a laboratory? Again, that's a very far-reaching goal in reality, but it's an important mindset to understand, hey, there are opportunities to move away from these very unsustainable practices. Other areas would include You know, there's a big movement today in working with vegetable proteins and looking how we can derive better protein sources from things that are grown from the ground uh, in a more sustainable way.
0: You have a scientific background, engineering, biology, technology. What do you do in your lab?
1: Sure. So Future Food Studio is a food design technology studio where we think about all things around food experience. And so that's really how we interact with food, how we engage with food. And really, we are considering at all times the relationships we have around food. So that can range from the creation of new things that we actually eat to the tools and implements around that all the way up to large-scale spaces and places. But underlying all of the work that we do is this notion of creating food intention and food consciousness but through delight. So we try to create these experiences for people to have little moments of pause to actually consider what it means to eat. So we have these clouds that are kind of exactly what you imagine a cloud looks like, but it's contained within a glass vessel that we're able to pour and we can sip and we can drink. And so notionally from a very just immediate perspective, you know, it's something interesting and cool because it's not something people have experienced before, right? We can flavor these clouds in any which way and then actually use them to, you know, pour into a glass and then sip on, and you will start to stimulate your senses of taste and smell and experience a flavor of something that doesn't really exist. So for us, those experiences are entry points to getting a little bit deeper into food thinking. So, you know, on that very surface level, people can say, hey, this is awesome, super fun. But then they start to ask, well, how does this work? And so then we start to into the narrative around, okay, well, this is actually a physical thing that's being created within this vessel, et cetera, et cetera. And then they start to ask, well, why does this exist? And that's actually the point that we try to bring all of the people who interact with our installations to. You know, in this case, it's really stemmed from an exploration of the physiology of taste and smell and looking at how we can reproduce um, a product, like a beverage, that, you know, something's very familiar to us, reproduce it in an aspect that isn't familiar to us and actually makes us think. And so when we start looking at the physiology of eating, we know that when we chew, we generate these tiny little uh, droplets that then— you know, we start to sense through our nasal passage at the back of our throats. And this is actually where we experience the ten to 20,000 different flavors that we can differentiate between. So in this sense, we've created a physical object that actually begins to allow people to understand what that process actually looks like.
0: Within the next 20 years, what changes are going to be evident on my dinner table?
1: The piece that I'm the most excited about and something that comes a lot from my PhD research, which was in personalized medicine, um, is really about looking at how we as individuals will start to have more information about how food impacts us as individuals, right? As we start to learn more about ourselves, you know, we start having wearable technologies and we're beginning to have more and more ways to interpret what's going on inside our bodies, Um, that is being matched with the foods we consume. And so as soon as we start to close those loops between the foods we consume and the way they affect our bodies in a way that we actually can understand, um, I think we're going to be so much more empowered in the decision making we make around
0: eating. Okay, thanks so much. I'm uh, looking forward to your talk at Idea City. Thanks so much for having me today. Dr. Erwin Adam will appear at Idea City on Wednesday, June 14th. You can get tickets at ideacity.ca slash tickets. I'm Libby Snymer, and this is the Zoomer Week in Review. Coming up, we celebrate Dan Hill's birthday.